This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. I wanted to first thank all of you that have joined in and supported Sovereign Nations in our new podcast, Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Let me reassure you that several large and in-depth podcasts from The Causes of Things will be coming very soon. And once again, Sovereign Nations will lead the way in explaining what is going on and why it's happening. Now, the reason that I decided to create public occurrences, both foreign and domestic, is because there is literally so much to talk about right now that's going on around us. And I could talk on and on about these issues for months without stopping. But that wasn't the real purpose of the causes of things. And so this past year, when we recorded a few episodes of the causes of things that were oriented more in the what's happening now, as opposed to the deep, full explanations that was the purpose of the causes of things, well, that wasn't really what I wanted for the causes of things. So I decided to do a daily weekday show. Because there is so much to talk about, and you won't necessarily hear the perspective that I, unfortunately and fortunately, have. And the causes of things will be hitting some huge, deep, revealing issues, just like we had been doing since 2017. You remember when we were addressing things that no one else was. And we really could use your help. Any contribution to our Patreon or PayPal accounts is very much appreciated. We have tried to keep Sovereign Nations ad-free, and I hope our information has helped to shape the response to all of these issues. Going way back four years ago, when we were talking about critical race theory, to the World Economic Forum, to addressing the, or- the origins of the wokening of the church, or trying to help everyone understand many years ago that what we were going through in the United States was an American cultural revolution. We led in those conversations, but it is time to step up. The sands in the hourglass are few. And if it hasn't become obvious to you yet, I hope this morning's show will help you to understand That if you are someone who has made the conscious decision, based upon all available evidence, to hold off on getting a vaccine that, if you look at a multivariate analysis, seems to have some issues with efficacy, but you will be pressured on all sides to give in and take the jab. And even worse than just being ineffective, the vaccines have proven to be dangerous and even deadly for some. That's undeniable. That's not something that we can brush past. But now the pressure has been coming in from all sides. Secretary General Joe Biden's administration and the former T.H. Chan School of Public Health official Rachel Walensky has flirted with the idea of making vaccines mandatory for the nation, but then backed off. And of course, in states where you are having strong Republican governors that still believe in upholding the Constitution over tyrannical legal mandates, like Florida and Texas, These states are being specifically targeted by Secretary General Biden's administration on travel, on masks for children in schools, even more so now by corporations that have decided to take the most draconian position possible in every single situation to do with the vaccine. 
But there is one thing that is missing in all of this. And it is glaring when you really think about it, especially for me. And what's missing is this. Debate. Formal scholastic debate, as some of you know, has been something that I've been directly involved in making happen, funding and moderating, and even sometimes even I have debated. Because debate is necessary. Especially, debate is especially necessary in science. Why? Because the essence of science is debate. One scientist will propose a hypothesis, which is then tested with experimentation. If the data from the experiment tends to confirm the hypothesis, it gains acceptance in a wider professional audience. If the data tends to refute the hypothesis, it can be abandoned in favor of another new hypothesis. If the data is unclear, the experiments can continue. Now, at the same time, other professionals can question the hypothesis or propose their own. Now, different experts may question the experiments or challenge the interpretation of experimental data. All these ideas and results are published in peer-reviewed academic journals. The debate goes on and on until some sort of consensus is reached. But even then, the consensus may only last until some even better view comes along. And so it goes. Anyone who says that the science on a particular topic is settled knows nothing about science because true science is never really settled. It tends to evolve as more objective truth through the falsification process is revealed. You can ask Newton about this or Einstein. They were the giants of science, yet each one revolutionized the work of their predecessors. Unfortunately, none of the rules of real science in trying to find objective truth seem to apply anymore. The science surrounding the COVID pandemic has been politicized, distorted, squashed, and lied about to the point that citizens don't trust their public officials. Nor should they, because their public officials are postmodern. And also, the science that's being practiced is not science, it's alchemy. Here are a few verifiable facts. One of the reasons the per capita rate of infection and fatality in sub-Saharan Africa has been so much lower than what was expected at the start of the pandemic is because Africans routinely take hydroxychloroquine to prevent malaria. I hope you're aware of this fact. I've been talking about it for a while. But hydroxychloroquine has been used for decades in Africa. Safely. There's no question about this. Hydroxychloroquine is cheap and safe and seems to have excellent prophylactic properties against the COVID virus. The same goes for the drug ivermectin, which is also cheap and safe and has had fantastic results in helping to mitigate a severe outbreak of the Delta variant of the virus in India. And just a reminder on this, because I think we forget about this. In India, it is most likely, and actual scientists agree, that ivermectin stopped COVID dead in its tracks. 61 studies incorporating about 23,000 people revealed as much as a 96% reduction in death by taking ivermectin. 
So you may be asking yourself, why have you not heard more about the role of hydroxychloroquine in Africa? Why have you not heard more about the role of ivermectin in India? Why are both of these two drug therapies not being more widely utilized to fight COVID-19 in the United States? The answer is that big tech and big media have banned any discussions of the therapies. And the corporate partners and travel partners and governmental partners have gone along. Any suggestion of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin along with zinc, a mild steroid, and D3 working have been met with mocking scorn, complete ridicule. And again, remember this, I had COVID, and I immediately started on the hydroxychloroquine therapy, and my symptoms were gone within 36 hours. But the mainstream media and social media giants have cracked down on any debate that would take anyone in the opposite direction of a vaccine. And that has been going on for over a year and a half. If you type the word hydroxychloroquine in Twitter, your tweet will likely be shadow banned or your account will be shut down. If you post something about ivermectin on Facebook, you'll be slapped with a misinformation warning label or worse. The main TV networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and even Fox, won't report on these therapies, drugs, and others, and won't allow for any debate or discussion. Maybe you'll hear some on Laura Ingram and, Ingram and Tucker Carlson, but that's about it. Because debate and discussion is dangerous to the goals of the technocrats. And the thing is, the news is being censored with a view to forcing vaccination with the experimental gene modification treatments from Moderna and Pfizer. And as well, Johnson & Johnson, you just don't know what's going to be happening with that from one day to the next in terms of what's been happening in regards to some of the after effects, shall we say, of those that are taking Johnson & Johnson. But it's vaccine, 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 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to ask yourself why positive news about cheap, effective therapeutics is being suppressed. Because, I mean, honestly, from their perspective, who cares what the science says? But the science, there is no debate. We can't hear it. You just need to trust the experts. And unfortunately, the pandemic will go on because the vaccines don't work well and they wear off quickly. That is being shown now. And that's why everybody's trumpeting a third shot or a booster. And it won't stop there. And that means economic growth will continue to face headwinds. The pandemic could be mitigated with some cheap generic drugs. That's the truth. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. But it won't because of censorship and simple greed. But that's not stopping bureaucrats and politicians, not to mention larger corporations that will start to prohibit your travel or your ability to use their businesses from demanding universal vaccination and vaccine passports. And of course, the COVID-19 vaccine mandate train keeps rolling on down the tracks. The Biden administration said several months ago that there would be no national vaccine mandate. And then, of course, Pressure is put on businesses to make vaccine mandates. That's what happened with the CDC and the cruise lines. In the narrow technical sense, no federal mandate applicable to all citizens has been issued. But the spirit of Biden's promise is now in shreds. And instead of that, na that national mandate, 
Biden has issued a large number of separate mandates to specific groups and encouraged private businesses and institutions to do likewise. The result has been practically the same as a national vaccine requirement. Because remember, the whole thing is, as I said a long time ago, the game is here, taking a cue, of course, from the Christian controversy that's happened over the past 10 years, we're not going to bake your cake. So now the vaccine is required for all federal officials and government contractors. It's required for all military forces. It's required at most major universities for students returning to class. All of the major cruise lines have mandated vaccines for all of their guests. And their ships with 100% of the guests vaccinated are returning to port with a good percentage of their guests testing positive for COVID. 100% vaccinated. Major businesses such as Walmart, Amazon, Facebook, and others require the vaccine for some or all their employees. Similar vaccine requirements have been imposed at the state municipal level by school districts, teachers unions, and non-governmental organizations. Still, there are pockets of the population where the mandates don't apply, and some individuals have been able to maintain their freedom of action. But here's where all this goes. Your choice is going to be get vaxxed, or live like a leper. Those pockets are the next targets of the vaccine pushers. Since some cannot be forced to take the vaccine, the latest tactic is to make their lives as miserable as possible until they agree to do so voluntarily. These tactics include being banned from indoor dining, concerts, sporting events, plays, movies, travel, and other social activities. So the new reign of terror being imposed on those who refuse to go along with the vaccine orthodoxy is the most chilling of the recommendations or requirements that mandating vaccines for interstate travel might be coming. That means if you're going from Florida to Georgia to Tennessee to Texas, maybe up through Virginia and New York, you could be stopped on your way. Papers, please. And now also reducing Medicare payments to the unvaccinated who get COVID. Maybe refusing treatment for people in ICUs because they haven't been vaccinated. There are many legitimate reasons to not take the vaccine, including those who have already had COVID, which I am one. There's about 35 million people with stronger antibodies than the vaccine itself produces. That's a very good reason not to take the vaccine. There are religious reasons and serious doubts by some people about side effects and permanent changes to individual DNA genomes because of the vaccine. I mean, these questions have really not been answered. They're mocked and laughed at and, you know, you're kind of called a conspiracy theorist. But no, answer the question. Let's see the science. Let's have a debate. And of course, none of that matters to the bureaucrats. The vaccine is being imposed whether you like it or not. Those who don't get vaxxed will be forced into the basement of a two-tiered society, and they will be denied access to public spaces and other social interactions. In other words, if you have the sign of the new covenant, you can be part of the covenant body, a new social contract. And if you don't have that new sacrament, You're not allowed in. Your choice is to get vaxxed or be treated like a leper. Treated like you're outside of the family. Just like in 
this perfect day. The major corporations, the financial institutions, and the government have created a kill box with the person that is a conscientious objector in the center. And they're going to squeeze you from all sides. And let me ask this again. What makes you think? What makes you think that they're going to stop with the vaccines and the viruses? What happens when this exact same pressure, using the exact same strategies, is applied to your ideologies or your religious beliefs? What about when they enforce anti-racist, which really is discriminatory and racist as you can be, believe me, when they try to enforce anti-racist policies down your throat and insist that your children be indoctrinated in their version of hate? What if they use the same methods that they're using with the virus and the vaccines to squeeze you then? I hope you're seeing this. It is the time to step up now. It is the time to say no now. This is your moment in history to stop tyranny from taking over. This is your moment to play the hero. Possibly, this might be your moment to play the martyr. This is your moment, I guarantee you, to save the Republic. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and I will see you tomorrow on Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.